This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the Sinkle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll start things out with your calls. That's what the show's about. Let's talk to Brian in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm uh, still in Colorado here uh, oh. at the moment for the next uh, couple of months. I presume but, uh, you are still here in New Hampshire because you had made a trip over to bring a bunch of stuff. I guess you've gone back well, we, out. We, yeah, we, we, we brought a car and a motorcycle and kind of uh, uh, officially moved into the house, but uh, most of the stuff is still back here. I'm, I'm still finishing up a couple of jobs and... So it'll it'll be a process through the summer. Got it, got it. So we'll, you're looking we'll at the, the final move-in date uh, by the end of the summer. Well, I, I wanted to, you know, we we closed in the house on the, the beginning of March. I think the same day you did. Uh, something like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, March third, uh, and uh, uh, th- that established the residency. You know, I got a electric bill, so I can uh, count from two years to, from that date to be uh, to be uh, eligible to be a representative. <laughs> You've got. Big plans, Brian. Of course, we're talking about the movement of uh, activists to the Free State uh, Project. It is not yet a Free State. It's New Hampshire. It's got a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, And you and your family are going to be moving here as are hundreds, if not thousands, of other liberty-loving people. So just in case people didn't know what we were talking about. So why were you calling tonight? It's a regular migration. Well, I know how much you uh, like stories about government schools. So I, I thought I'd uh, call in and tell you about uh, one of my son's latest uh, adventures. Okay. That, now, this is yeah. in the uh, the government school. He's a senior, correct? Or is this the younger of the, the two? No, this is, this is Cooper. He's a senior. Uh, he'll be graduating just in a couple of weeks. I think there's five weeks left okay. uh, uh, in, his, in his sentence that he has to uh, serve. <laughs> so, uh, he's, he's 18. He turned 18 in January. Right. So uh, he, he doesn't have to go. Uh, in fact, I, I think uh, somebody said if you're 17 here in Colorado, you don't have to go, but I don't know what that means. Hmm. Anyway, but he's, you know, by, by the law, by the government's uh, rules themselves, he's 18 and, and no longer, uh, you know, uh, has to deal with the, uh, with the, um, the truancy laws. Okay, understood. Right, I mean, you know, you, you're, you're truant if you're under 18 and you don't go to school. Right. So... Um, he was in he was in class and and it was another one of these you know BS classes you know the last year and he just has to be I think it's a it's a history class or English I don't know yeah I mean matter, the, the, the last year classes I mean certainly they they do some work but as the year winds down it becomes more uh, or rather less and less important to even be there so yeah I can I can understand. Well, and the teachers uh, it looks like they feel about the same way. Yeah. So she didn't show up. <laughs> and there was a substitute. Okay. And, you know, this is, this is an hour-long class, and the substitute had maybe 20 minutes worth of material, and that 20 minutes was watching uh, watching a movie on TV. Nice. Okay, so that that was the material. So, Quality uh, education. Was over, well, it was it was a movie. It was an hour and a half movie. So it was the last third. They were doing this for three days. They watch a half hour. They turn it off. You know? Right. <laughs> so. So now, yeah, there's your quality education. It was a movie he'd already seen at home, you know, <laughs> but uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, so did they talk about it? Did they discuss the issues? You know, why did we watch that movie in the first place? No. Um, right now then, class, uh, I want you to uh, just read, you know, do your reading for tomorrow. You know, it's a, a reading class or something. Okay. Do your reading. 
uh, you know, in other words, I don't have anything else for you, and I can't let you go. You know, you're in prison here. Right. So, um, so Cooper said, okay, I, I can read at home. I, I'm out of here. I have better things to do for the next half hour. Sure. He didn't see it that way. He's a he's a polite kid, and so he just he got up and started to walk out. And she said, uh, "Where are you going?" And that's what he said. Well, sorry, ma'am, uh, uh, I I am done here. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have anything else for me here, I have better things to do. I'll read tonight, and then I'll be prepared for tomorrow. Just like you would do in college. So if if the college professor gave you this kind of busy work, um, you know, I I got better things to do. You could get up and walk out. It's true. Yeah. Or. I was going to say, or your boss, but your boss is paying you to be there, so that's different. Yeah, right. In fact, that came up, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Okay, all right. So what so, happened? So uh, the, the the teacher says, uh, "Well, uh, if if you if you leave, I'll have to report you." <laughs> and he actually got up with another kid, and they were both going to leave. And then as soon as she said that, you know, Cooper shrugged and, and split, and the other kid went back to his desk. Right. So. Then, I don't know if it was the next day or later that day, he gets a little call from the dean's office. And uh, he was the assistant dean for the seniors. Got it. Now, I guess they have a main dean, and then there's an assistant dean for each of the four classes. Right. Sounds <laughs> um, like a big school. That's how they did it at the school I went to. They, they Well, they, they actually divided it up by uh, alphabet last names. So one uh, assistant principal would be from A to G, the other H to M or something like that. So yeah, that, oh, they, that, it's probably a lot of kids going to that school. It's not. It's smaller than the high school I went to, and we had zero deans. We had an hmm. assistant principal, and that's it. Well, I mean, times they haven't changed in the, in, in the school. Sounds district. like a big waste of money, though. So, um, exactly. So he calls in, and he goes into the, his uh, dean's office, and dean says, uh, "You know, why'd you leave?" He said, "He said you were insubordinate." You were rude to the teacher. And Cooper said, how is that? I mean, I said, I'm going to leave. She didn't have anything to do. Well, you were, you were insubordinate, and you have to, you have to do a, um, an in-school suspension. Which I guess you take a, he takes a period where he doesn't have any, any classes, and he has to sit there in class, you know, or sit there in the, in the dean's office and just twiddle his thumbs or something. Yeah, right. yeah that usually is what it is. You, it's, you it, it's, it's look close, at a wall. It's close to, uh, you know, tossing somebody in a holding cell without bars. Right. Well, yeah, I'll get to that because that's the fun part. Um, so he, he did he did his time. Actually, while he was doing his time, he was texting me the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, he was communicating. He couldn't, he couldn't be on the phone, but he was sending, you know, instant messages back right. and forth. And so I ended up calling the um, the dean just because, you know, I want to have some fun. Of course, he wasn't there because he was in with a student, his, his assistant said. Now, the assistant dean has an assistant. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she said, they got oh, bureaucrats all over the place. I, I, yeah, I know. That's why I want to talk to him. So finally, he calls me back, and you know, this is great. He does. He did call me back. I left that's him nice voicemail, and he called me back, and um, he said that that it was because uh, Cooper was being insubordinate. Which means, by the way, not he, submitting to authority, disobedient. Not okay. Now I've only heard that word when in, in terms of work. I mean, you're insubordinate to your boss. Your boss fires you if, if he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and, and that's what that's what I use. Insubordinate. Um, so. I said, how, how could he be insubordinate? Is, is he an employee of, of this? In fact, uh, well, no, he's a student here, and he has to respect his teachers. I said, he's an adult here, and he'll give you know, other adults the respect they, they earn. Nice. <laughs> oh, no, you have, to respect, you have to respect the people in the school here. So what, what gives you that? We went around and around on this a couple of times. And I said, well, why does he even have to be there in the first place? Hmm. And this guy said, well, if he just didn't show up, that'd be okay. But <laughs> he showed up, and he left in the middle of class. 
He was so once, he, once he's on the yeah. school campus, he's then tacitly right. agreeing to the social contract well, of obeying every single diktat because they not issue going, to him. Because not going sort of shows, uh, uh, you know, people do that all the time. But going shakes the foundation of the uh, going and then leaving sh- shakes the foundation of the school. The whole concept that we we are allowed to keep you here, you are our prisoner, and it, it shakes that. And well, what do the other kids? That's think, what too. they really don't like, and that's what they mean by subordinate. Maybe they don't want the other kids seeing him being insubordinate and get any ideas for themselves. That's exactly what their problem is. That, that's that's part of it, yes. Uh, the other part is, well, you, you guys mentioned before that prisons and schools are built by the same architects. They're yeah. run by the same people and with the same attitudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be there to serve your sentence. So the, uh, the, uh, the dean then told me, well, he was uh, disrespecting. We can't have that. Um, and I said, well, the teacher was disrespecting him by making him stay there to do nothing for half an hour because she didn't, she wasn't prepared. Yeah, it was a disrespect and, and I, of his time, sure. Right. And I, I got back on the, on the employee thing. I said, you know, Cooper's not your employee. You're my employee. You're his employee. He pays your salary, pal. Wow. Well. <laughs> he, uh, he, he just kind of brushed that one out. Well, yeah. you know, a, no, oh, you no, know they get that one salary. all the time, Brian. That's what everybody tries to pull out. Like all the parents yeah, that my, aren't as principled and knowledgeable as you are, that's the only one they know is, well, you're my employee. Well, <laughs> you're not signing my check, sweetie. Hey, <laughs> you got more to the story, right? Oh, yes, yes. Hang on. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yep, I'm sorry, but they aren't your employees because you can't stop paying them and you can't fire them. No, they are cogs in the wheel of the machine that masters you. More on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features, by the way, include the bulletin board system with over 340,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, and it's all totally free. So get interactive at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Coming up here uh, tonight, the latest on the D.C. Madam situation. We had been following that case, and there's a verdict at this point. We'll clue you in. Soviet-style central planning doesn't work. So what's the best way to reach out to liberty lovers? Google ads, direct mail, free talk live? Only you know what's best. You choose what project is worthy of your dollar. Go to freestateproject.org slash donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org slash donate. As we continue here with Brian, uh, who's calling from Colorado, Brian telling us a story about your son Cooper uh, at school, decided to get up and leave class one day after the curriculum was obviously completed. The teacher had said she didn't have anything else for him, but they have to stay in class. And he decided, no, that's okay. He didn't want to stay in class, so he left. They gave him an in-school suspension. You called, talked to the assistant uh, vice principal about it, and uh, he basically told you that even though Cooper is an adult, he is 18, and therefore able to make the decision to come to school in the first place, if he decides to come to school, at that point he must obey all of the diktats that they issue to him. Am I understanding that correctly? You got it. Okay, so that should bring us up to speed. What's the rest of the story? 
Well, you know, I, just before the break, I said that, you know, I, I told him that, uh, you know, I pay a salary, which, of course, you pointed out that he hears all the time. But he had a, he had a totally uh, uh, moronic response to that. He said, no, you don't. My, my salary comes from taxes. <laughs> that is a pretty moronic he response. He doesn't get it either. I, I think he was getting a little flustered with me. I, I just kept coming at him. But the, uh, the one of the the things that he said was, um, uh, I, I said, what, what if what if Cooper just doesn't come to class for the rest of the year? And he said, well, you know, he wants a diploma from us, doesn't he? <laughs> and, then, and then I said, what? <laughs> uh, oh, well, yeah, uh, you know, he, uh, he, uh, you know, he should come to school because it's good for him. I said, did you, did you say something about a diploma? So I don't know what, you know, I don't know what this diploma is you're talking about. I didn't really think it was that big of a thing that he said, but he said that and he backed away. You could hear his heels screeching in the dirt as he, you know, backed up. Um, and so I, I just I went on that for a while, and uh, he said, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't know where he brought this diploma thing up." I said, "You brought it up." I said, "Well, I don't know what context it is." And I said, "Well, here's the context." I said, "Do you mean if Cooper doesn't come to school for the rest of the year, you're not going to give him a diploma?" Well, I, I don't know. And he tried to change the subject, so that was kind of that was kind of telling. But I don't really know why. Hmm. But but the other thing that he really backed up off on even more than that was um, he said, "Well, so uh, you know, uh, Cooper." Uh, feels like he's been, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, disrespected because the teacher didn't have enough material and was going to just waste his time there. Sure. And that's why he's in your office. And so why is it that you can threaten him with force just because he, uh, you know, he did this? He, 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 he felt disrespected and left. So force? There's no force. No, there's no force at all. So what do you mean there's no force? Well, he, he can... He can, you know, he doesn't have to come here. I said, well, he's there in your office. Uh, can he leave? Oh, yeah, we're not forcing him. No, 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 sir, there's no forcing. He got really... Well, let uh, me just text uh, him right now and let him know. Yeah. You said you were texting him uh, <laughs> while he was in detention. <laughs> right. That would have been fun. Actually, this was after detention because he didn't call me until, until oh, okay. a little later. I got gotcha. you. So, um... So, so I said, well, so he can leave? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're not going to. I said, you're not going to stop him? No, 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 no force. We don't touch our students here. You know, he, got, he got really defensive of that. Mm. I said, well, actually, there is, there is force. There's not force, but there's the threat of force. Uh, I said, what if Cooper left? What if he got in there and said, this is BS, I'm out of here? Well, there, there'd be consequences to him leaving. I said, well, and, and what are those? Well, we'd give him an after-school suspension. <laughs> I said, well, what if he did yeah, which is worse, right? Because it's your time. Yeah. I said, what if he didn't show up for that? I just kept going, right? What if, right. I, what if he didn't show up for that? Well, we'd give him a, a Saturday detention. And what if he didn't show up for that? Uh-huh. Says, well, we'd suspend him. I said, by suspend, what do you mean? Well, it means he's off for, you know, three days or five days or whatever, and he can't come to school. I said, well, what if you suspend him and he comes to school? He says, well, that becomes a police matter. We call it the police. I said, and then what happens when the police show up? Well, uh, it's out of our hands. I said, I'll tell you what happens when the police show up. The police are going to ask him to leave. He's going to say no. They're going to arrest him. They're going to put him in a jail cell. He can't leave if he wants to. That's the threat of force. Well, the school didn't put him in the jail cell. That was his escape. Well, <laughs> that becomes a police matter at that point. Right. My, hands, my hands are clean. I'm not responsible for what happens to your son. But then again, why would Cooper want to come back to school after being suspended anyway, right? I mean, doesn't the whole idea of suspending him for, for leaving contradict their whole purpose? I mean, if they want him to stay at the school and get <laughs> educated, now they're going to suspend him and keep him away from the school because he originally wanted to leave in the first place, which is essentially completing the ends that he originally 
intended. He wanted to leave. Now they're saying, okay, well, you don't want to come to our Saturday school? Okay, well, stay away from the school anyway. Right. So it's not like he would want to come back. That would be a badge of honor. Yeah. Good story, Brian. Any other uh, thoughts to share with us? Well, he uh, uh, he he backed out of that, and uh, I mean, he did, he served his time before I talked to the dean. I just wanted to have a little bit of fun with it, yeah. and uh, just to see what it say. Obviously, I'm not going to convert this guy. Sure. But I just want to kind of get the mindset, and it's it's uh, uh, just indicative of of this bureaucratic thing that you must do this. These are the rules, no matter what. And you know, and you're the only person ever. You're, you're, you're probably the only person in the history of that school who's ever asked such questions. I mean, there's oh, you're to totally sure. flustered. Yeah. I, I, I wish more people would have fun with their bureaucrats like this. This is good, this is good clean fun. And if they're going to put you in these positions, then you might as well ask them a bunch of questions. And that's kind of what I'm doing here in, in Keene with the, the parking department. In fact, I actually did get a letter back from them, and I might share some of it here in a little bit. Brian, thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate the story. 800-259-9231. We go to the phone calls. Roy in Indiana, listening on WINS. Hello, Roy. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to be able to ask you a question. Uh, you seem to uh, have a pretty good feel as far as a lot of the people out in uh, the New England state area have listened to your show for quite some time. Excellent. My question that I have, sir, uh, do you have any information that you can be able to share about a website uh, called Boat Blue? That's the color blue dot org. Boat what this Blue is, this is a site that is uh, supports the uh, 2766, the Clean uh, Boating Act of 2008, where the uh, commercial vessels and recreational boats have all been lumped to, into the same uh, act as far as ballast water discharge. I, I personally am not familiar. I'm not a boater, so I, I don't know very much about it. But you're, say, you're saying that they have made it so recreational boaters are – many of them are now having to follow this – and this sounds federal to me. They're, yes. Uh, they're now having to follow the same regulations as commercial boaters? Is that Yes, sir. Correct? What this is is this uh, will affect uh, 73 million registered boat owners, not to, to wow. even include the uh, professional – People that service the boats or the selling uh, boat dealers. I didn't this even just, realize just registered boaters. I didn't even realize that Owners. boating uh, was something that was handled by the feds. Oh yeah. Kind of, I mean, do you have any idea as to do you have any idea as do you have any idea as to what the regulations are going to entail? Well, I want you to share to that with me. Hang on. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listened to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Does your company, uh, um, excuse me, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. And do business with business support Free Talk Live. Okay, so we've had a little bit of a chance to look into this boating issue. Roy is on the line listening on WIMS in Indiana. And, uh, Roy, you'd called up about BoatBlue.org. From what I can see here, it looks like there was a court decision at the federal level. It says here in their press release that if, if left unfixed by the Congress, the EPA, and the 50 states then have to figure out how to issue a special national pollutant discharge elimination systems permit for each and every recreational boat in the country that discharges everything from engine cooling water to deck runoff. Uh, and apparently this is going to be a bureaucratic nightmare, not to mention you're probably going to have to pay uh, the government bureaucrats sure in order to get this particular permit. Now, are you a boater, Roy? Is that why you're uh, certainly concerned about this? Yes, for almost 40 years. So what are the I mean what are the proposed costs of this particular permit any idea I have not been able to find more information of what they're proposing as far as on these costs on it but uh I've I've enjoyed being able to boat on on the Great Lakes mm-hmm. uh and uh I have to very much agree with what is on the site uh that Ships and boats are different, and they should not be treated the, the same. Yeah. Uh, it tells me here that uh, 99% of recreational boats don't have ballast tanks, which is, uh, I guess, the issue here that they're looking at is these commercial vehicles, ballast tanks, possibly carrying little beasties to different parts of the ocean that they are not normally in. I guess that's what their their issue is. Uh, but, yeah, it seems to me like uh, this is going to be quite a, an awful situation if it goes through. And so what they've got here on BoatBlue.org, as you well know, is a petition to, I guess, have Congress step in and kind of reinitialize uh, the recreational boating world and, and save them from this upcoming regulation. And it looks like there are some people behind this particular piece of legislation, though... Though certainly the bureaucrats are going to be against it. I mean, odds are they're not going to want to process all those applications, but at the same time, it'll get their bureaucracy more money. So they're going to have an incentive to uh, to fight to keep you guys regulated here. Uh, hard to say what, how this is going to turn out, but uh, it, and, and it's very rare that I would actually suggest anybody go and beg the government for anything in this case, but I can totally understand where these uh, these boat guys are coming There's from. There's a lot of senators uh, co-sponsoring this, so it seems like it's going to have, you know, it's going to have legs. Yeah, it'll probably you'll probably do all right, but uh, if you're a boater, you definitely want to go to boatblue.org and, and take a look at this. Any other thoughts for us tonight, Roy? Well, I know that here on the the uh in the Great Lakes on Lake Michigan that uh we have a lot of the uh large cargo uh carrying ships the super uh, ships that come in carrying cargo, and uh, we are starting to see a lot more articles about ballast water discharge, and uh, uh, as you said earlier, these little microism critters, uh, for terminology, uh, is starting to be able to have a, a, a very big presence uh, even with uh, bringing in uh, fish on the south shore of Lake Michigan, there is a f- type of fish, and it's called a goby. And this was introduced to uh, the Lake Michigan, and from what I understand, it's throughout all of the Great Lakes now. Uh, this was a ship a, uh, brought in by cargo-carrying ships from uh, over in the, uh, the Middle East, 
Hmm. And so they're, they're, uh, from they, as far as all the way from Japan. These these gobies were freshwater fish that they took on ballast water somewhere over there, and then took them all the way across the ocean. And I then think they're fresh. Are they fresh? No, they, well, they were salt. They're, they're salt water, but been able to transplant. Is oh, my wow. understanding. L- Lake Michigan is freshwater, right? Yes. Incredible. That is pretty amazing. So I guess that's what they're looking to regulate here, though. It seems like the damage has already been done, so it's probably you know much ado after the fact. Good luck uh, getting this thing through and, and protecting your, your wallets there, uh, guys, because I, I hope you can pull this off. Thank you for the call. Well, I, I, I kind of hope that from time to time that maybe you would revisit this, this site, and if you happen to hear more uh, about it out in... Uh, your part of the country that maybe you would uh, uh, bring that to the listeners. Here's attention. what I here was, here's what I, would I really you think to do, this Roy. is going to be huge. Roy, thank you, sir. And here's what I would invite you to do um, in regards to that. We've got a lot of people that would like to, you know, have us follow a whole bunch of different stories. But it's it's easier considering the format of the show that this is a caller-driven program that anyone can call about anything. It'd be easier if you kept your eyes on it, and if something notable happens, like it passes or it fails or whatever the next news item is, you call us back and let us know. Thank you, sir, for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because you, what you have to understand about Free Talk Live is that this is a caller-driven program, and so therefore, if we get into the mode where we're taking call after call after call, it doesn't matter what it is I've got on my show prep list. Yeah. We're never going to get to it. And so if I've got five, you know, I, I mentioned the DC Madam story, right? Sometimes I'll mention a story, and I really want to get to it, but the calls just keep coming in. We keep taking the calls. I never get to the story. So I, I, I would feel bad if I made a promise like that saying, yeah, we'll keep you up to date on this, and then we just start getting call after call, and... We never get a chance to uh, to tell anybody. I can that. tell you that this uh, that the boat manufacturers, the recreational boat manufacturers, they're behind this. They they're behind this, and it's going to go through. Um, I I don't have any doubt. This is a, it was a silly ruling that they didn't uh, you know take everything into consideration with, and um, you know the boat manufacturer is going to take care of this. I, yeah, I I, I I strongly believe that. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So if something is important to you that people hear on this show, be Johnny on the spot and keep us in the loop. All right. Let's continue with your calls. We go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to point something out first. That uh, You see silver and gold one-ounce pieces, one troy ounce, which is different from the uh, like an ounce of bread. <clears throat> or like an ounce but, of weed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> a Krugerrand, for example, is a troy ounce of gold. And there's uh, silver and gold rounds and such that are marked as this is how much of this metal this piece is. That was the original idea for coins when money first came out. Instead Mm -hmm. of bartering for fish and wheat and and everything else, it was actually money was pieces of silver and pieces of gold. A silver shekel, for example, was 11.4 grams and there were shekels of everything else. It was a unit of weight. And okay. so uh, the uh, silver coins in the United States when they first came out and the U.S. gold coins were mixed. Uh, so 90% of the precious metal and 10% copper just to make the coins last longer. Yeah, it makes them more resilient. Sure. Resilient and, and resistant to wear. And paper currencies do have an advantage over that because... Okay, you're lugging around all these pieces of silver, mm-hmm. and 
in circulation, they're going to lose a little bit of weight, and you've got to count them every time. You've got to count 100 pieces of silver. Well, you've got a $100 bill. You don't have to count them, and there's no wear and tear. As long as you can bring it to the bank and get 100 silver dollars for it. Okay, and therein lies the problem. And we've got to remember, always uh, get full payment. Okay, so the coins are going to wear a little bit. Okay, so there, you know, you got to count them every time. It's a whole lot better to do that than to trust any institution. Okay, and uh, there's the convenience factor, uh, especially. Uh, are when we living in the 30s? Because I'm pretty sure you can't actually go to the bank and give them gold and silver today, Tom. So you can you can use gold and silver as barter. Right, but why? I mean, what institutions would you be suggesting that we could possibly trust that sort of thing to in the first place? We wouldn't be trusting any institutions. We would just be bartering among uh, citizens. I see where you're coming from, though. I, th- I don't think people are going to want to, you know, haul around all that gold and silver. More coming up. Thanks for the call, Tom. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sankel CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Anything you buy at amazon.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live will get a cut. Uh, In fact, it's a fairly decent cut. So the prices are great. The brands, you trust them. 41 categories to shop in. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. Before we continue with the calls, I want to comment a little more on what Tom had to say about precious metals and the concern that when you've got precious metals, gold and silver being used as money, people inevitably want to turn those precious metals into notes, uh, notes that represent the precious metals, as the uh, U.S. dollar actually used to. If you go way back in the uh, before the, I think it was before 1934, and if you get a, a dollar that was printed before that time, it, it'll say silver certificate on the top, meaning that you were supposed to be able to go to the Federal Reserve Bank and actually exchange your dollars for silver. Right. Way way back in the day, and they stopped that, and they took away the dollar, uh, the the gold and silver backing, and ever since the dollar's been in a free fall essentially. You know, which is just you know now compounding and getting worse as they print more and more of them. But but well, the original free fall might be an exaggeration. Um, I mean you know it has certainly it has never come back. No, it has certainly diminished in value from uh, consistently. When, well, consistently, yeah. uh, I think it's like uh, you know three percent of what it was worth when they changed it over. Um, of course, Milton Friedman advocated a, a small amount of inflation, which is printing more dollars. Um, as good for an economy, and there's some arguments for and against that. I um, however. You know, inflation is at its core stealing from people who have money currently. Right. So, so when you've got gold and silver being used as money, inevitably people don't want to carry around a bunch of coins with them in order to go and make purchases. So, what you do is you have a bank of some sort, and you take the gold and the silver to the bank, and the bank says, "Okay, well, we'll write you this. You know, we'll give you this receipt, and this is worth that amount of gold and silver that's in right. our vaults." And it works. I mean, that system works as long as there's no government around to come and take it. That's the problem. Mm. And, and Tom has sort of been calling about that for the past few days is the confiscation of gold and silver. 
So the problem is, if the banks are what they are, and that is they're almost almost a government agency, they're kind of like an extension, they're right on the outside, the outer periphery of the, the, the walls of government. Right, they're all uh, attached to the Federal Reserve, which uh, is, not, is also not a federal agency, but uh, it ha- does have control of the money. And when you have control of the money, you have control of the whole nation. So anything that's that's within the purview of the bank is under regulatory. You know, it can easily be seized by the government. Uh, so that much is true. And so I would agree with Tom that if we have a gold and silver based kind of economy today, if all of a sudden people started doing business in gold and silver, then no, it would not make sense to store that money in a bank. But at the same time, people are going to be demanding services like that. And I can understand completely why they would want to, you know, offload a bunch of silver rounds from their pocket. I mean, if you think the, if you think quarters and nickels are heavy when you've got a bunch of those, mm. wait till you have one ounce coins in your pocket. Yeah, when you're carrying a couple hundred bucks in uh, gold and silver, then you're going to be carrying a great deal of weight. I guess you could make it somewhat more manageable by, t- you know, trading the silver out for the gold and getting, you know, a gold piece yeah. instead of a bunch of silver pieces. So it would be manageable to some point. But if you're doing a lot of business, then you're talking about the need to have some something uh, intermediate. Yeah. And if we didn't have government around to possibly be the one who steals that stuff, then it would be untouchable. The system the would be safe. The government has no business. No business in this. Well, of um, course they do. It's their business to steal things, so that's what they do, steal things. Banks would operate uh, you know, by their good name, uh, certifying that the gold and silver that they had pr- printed up, likely with their own advertisements on it, you know, stamped by the Bank of America, mm-hmm. this is, in fact, um, you know, one, one ounce of silver, and uh, they would, their, their good name would go on it. Would there be counterfeiting? Sure, but people would get pretty good at uh, figuring out what the counterfeit silver was and the the, go- uh, the counterfeit gold. Well, and uh, with with the with gold and silver in a bank in a free market environment where there is no government to come and take it, well, you still might have to worry about uh, you know a private criminal coming and robbing the bank. In which case, that's why you have insurance policies. Mm-hmm. So and with, guards, right? Without the government. Because right now the government's the only agency that can legitimately, legally, whatever you want to call it, go into a bank and take all their stuff and nothing can be done about it. Because the FDIC is insuring your bank account with all those, you know, Federal Reserve notes sitting in it, which means the federal government is so-called insuring it. And that's not worth a hill of beans. So in the absence of the federal government, there would be other insurers like Lloyd's of London or whatever the different private insurers out, are out there that want to get into the market, the marketplace of insuring bank faults. I mean, that would seem to be a pretty safe insurance business. I mean, you'd, you'd inspect the, the vault and their security system to, to make sure that it was safe up to your, up to your specs and your standards, and you'd, you know, you'd insure that bank. And that would be it. And, and the cost of the insurance would be built in to the overhead of the bank. Therefore, it would be built in in the rate that you get uh, of return on whatever it is, the account that you have. I mean, the marketplace would handle this. It's just the government that's the problem. So that's the solution is to get that government just disappeared. And then we can go back to gold and silver without any worries of it being filched. 800-259-9231. We go to Richard in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Richard. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I'm calling uh, from the city of Toronto, actually just outside the city of Toronto, and I have a a little story to tell about smoking in Mm. the city of Toronto. Okay. Uh, Well, I've been looking for a new apartment uh, in Toronto, and um, I got to the uh, bus terminal the other day, 
and uh, I, I get out of the bus terminal, and I go to light up a cigarette, and I see on the pillar a no-smoking sign. Now, I've been in this place many times before in the past few years. This is indoor and- terminal? This is an out. Well, there's yeah. There's a, I'm in the outside, outside part of the terminal. Okay. It's in the open air at this point. Got it. And I'm looking at the pillar, and I see a no smoking sign. And so I go uh, take a little walk around a little more, and then I go to light up my cigarette, and I see another no smoking pillar over there too. And hmm. it turns out that all around the whole bus terminal on the outside in the open air, are all these no smoking signs. You see. Hmm. Gotcha. And. Uh, uh, so w- what did I do? Uh, I lit up a smoke anyways. You have to understand that, that this is in the open air, and, yeah. and it's totally filthy in there because like, they got the buses moving in and out at the whole time, right. and you got the diesel fuels or whatever that, that they're As pumping out of the buses. As though someone's lungs is really, are, are really in danger uh, from your cigarette when there's all this belching <laughs> diesel fumes going all over the place. Okay, exactly. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is ridiculous, and I'm <laughs> going to light up a smoke anyways because I have a little bit more of a, of a drive or more of a travel to go through on the subway. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have my cigarette. Nobody bothered me. There was no no uh, police officers or transit officers to come up to me and, you That's know, good. say, hey, we're going to arrest you, we're going to tase you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I did meet a fellow smoker over there, and he said basically that uh, they don't really bother you. That they, but if somebody comes, if a security guard or whatever comes around, he will tell you to go to a specific area um, uh, to go and smoke, which is about 20 feet away from all the smoking signs. Mm-hmm. And in in the end, it's just everything is still in the open air. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> And so I was going to ride a streetcar. When I got to into the heart of the city of Toronto, I was going to hop onto a streetcar. And there was this little uh, uh, bus shelter. It was basically a wall of plexiglass and a little roof that was maybe about uh, one or two feet, okay, sticking mm-hmm. out to protect you from the elements, sure. you know. And sure enough, in that little in that little spot there that was completely open, Another no smoking sign well, in the middle of the street at the streetcar where the cars are just going, you know, going to and fro is a no smoking sign over there, too. You this see is the saying? world. You know, this is the world of the smoker now. I mean, you are the new persecuted class. They yeah. have special little areas for you to be in. And if you don't uh, comply or obey, then you get slapped with a fine. If you don't pay the fine, they put you in a jail cell. I mean, this is this is the new world. The, you know, it seems so ridiculous to me that they would uh, require uh, you to go to a special section of the outdoors to uh, smoke. I mean... I don't know. It just seems like the na- next thing that's coming. I mean, the next thing after this is going to be you can't smoke in your own house, of course. They're already working on that one. And, uh, you know, what can you do about it? <laughs> you can light up like you're doing and then not pay the fines and see what will happen. And luckily for you, you know, no one spotted you, so you didn't get into any trouble. But thanks for sharing the story tonight, Richard. We appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. This is where private property is uh, really important. If we actually, you know, once again, the fantasy world of no government, right? If we actually had private property, then each private property owner could set his or her own policy in regards to smoking. And if I don't want people smoking outside in my yard, and I don't, because they just throw their damn butts in my yard, so I can understand not, for whatever reason, not wanting someone to smoke in a, on an outdoor piece of property, because some smokers are messy, uh, I would be able to make those rules. It's my property. 
But in public, you know, if you've got public property, then the tragedy of the commons comes into play. Who gets to control it? Why do they have to? Con- why do they get to control it, but you don't? And it's a mess. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Here's a story that I mentioned the other day and we never had a chance to get to, and I like the occasional visionary story like this. Uh, Ray Kurzweil is a name that we've mentioned before on the program. I don't remember it. He is a futurist, as I believe the uh, the term for what this guy is. It's a okay. guy who thinks about the future and, and knows stuff. And I remember Alvin Toffler. We had to take a, a future studies class in high school. He's don't a, remember much about it. He's a smart guy, and he knows a thing or two about exactly what might be coming uh, down the proverbial pike. Ray Kurzweil at WashingtonPost.com. Just to give you a little vision for what might be happening here within your lifetime. MIT was so advanced in 1965, the year I entered as a freshman, that it actually had a computer. Housed (laughs) in its own building, it cost $11 million in today's dollars and was shared by all students and faculty. Four decades later, the computer in your cell phone is a million times smaller, a million times less expensive, and a thousand times more powerful. Wow. Wow. Can you a thousand times more powerful than the computer they had at MIT in 1965? That's a billion-fold increase in the amount of computation that you can buy per dollar. Yet, as powerful as information technology is today, we will make another billion-fold increase in capacity for the same cost over the next 25 years. That's, it was 40 before, mm-hmm. now it's 25. That's because information technology builds upon itself. We're continually using the latest tools to create the next, so they grow well, in doesn't capability. Doesn't all technology build upon itself? Of course, but it's it's particularly obvious when it comes to this technology. Well, it's obvious because um, it's it's new, it's emergent, and it's completely on government control. For the most part. Uh, many devices do have to go through an FCC approval uh, thing to make sure they, d- they don't interfere with other devices. But yes, mm. for the most part, there's very little governmental regulation in the field of technology. And so that is one of the main reasons why it grows at such a uh, fast clip. Though he did mention cell phones, and since that's radio uh, frequency, it's, it bears mentioning that the FCC held back cell phone technology for decades. That's true. Decades. Yeah. Uh, so imagine having that little cell phone that you have now in 1975. It could have happened. It was more like 68, it, yeah. it, um, as, as I recall from the story. Anyway, uh, so that doesn't just mean snazzier cell phones, says Kurzweil. It means that change will rock every aspect of our world. The exponential growth in computing speed will unlock a solution to global warming, unmask the secret to longer life, and solve myriad other worldly conundrums. This exponential progress in the power of information technology goes back to more than a century more than a century to the data processing equipment used in the 1890 census, the first U.S. census to be automated. It, had, it has been a smooth and highly predictable phenomenon despite all the vagaries of history throughout that period, including two world wars, the Cold War, and the Great Depression. I say highly predictable because thanks to its exponential power, only technology possesses the scale to address the major challenges, such as energy and the environment, disease and poverty, confronting society. 
That at least is the major conclusion of a panel organized by the National Science Foundation and the National Academy of Engineering on which I recently participated. Take energy, for example. Today, 70% of it comes from fossil fuels, a 19th century technology. But if we could capture just one ten-thousandth of the sunlight that falls on Earth, we could meet 100% of the world's energy needs using this renewable and environmentally friendly source. One ten-thousandth. That's correct. We can't do that now because solar panels rely on old technology, making them expensive, inefficient, heavy, and hard to install. But a new generation of panels based on nanotechnology, which mm. manipulates matter at the level of molecules, is starting to overcome these obstacles. The tipping point at which energy from solar panels will actually be less expensive than fossil fuels is only a few years away. The power we're generating from solar is doubling every two years. At that rate, it will be able to meet all our energy needs within 20 years. Nanotechnology itself is an information technology and therefore subject to what I call the law of accelerating returns, a continual doubling of cap uh, capability about every year. Venture capital groups and high-tech companies are investing billions of dollars in these new renewable energy technologies. Well, they, of course they are. Um, of course these companies are. It's popular right now, A, and the reason it's popular is because, um, you know, people know that, that uh, dependence on fossil fuel means dependence on other countries, uh, dependence on uh, the, the government being able to tax things, stuff mm -hmm. like that, whereas solar power, you can generate yourself. It creates little um, micro-economies. Uh, houses can create their you know can can have a solar panel there that will create all their own energy it 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 it's one of the last things that you have to worry about you can drill a well you can have solar energy you can choose between uh you know who's going to provide you with uh with with television and that kind of thing mm -hmm. you aren't forced to use any utility the only thing left that you're forced to do is property tax Kurzweil says, I'm confident that the day is close at hand when we'll be able to obtain energy from sunlight using nano-engineered solar panels and store it for use on cloudy days in nano-engineered fuel cells for less than it costs to use environmentally damaging fossil fuels. It's important to understand that exponential seems slow at first. In the mid-1990s, halfway through the Human Genome Project to identify all the genes in human DNA, researchers had succeeded at only collecting 1% of the human genome. But the amount of genetic data was doubling every year, and that is actually right on schedule for an exponential progression. The project was slated to take 15 years, and if you and I double 1% seven more times, you surpass 100%. In fact, the project was finished two years early. This helps explain why people underestimate what is technologically feasible. But over I remember long them talking about how this uh, this g human genome project was having some problems. It was going slowly, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So you know, surprise, they can, surprise. You, you can always talk bad about technology and how it. Oh, it's not going fast enough. The free market won't make solutions. Oh, then nothing will happen with that internet thing. Yep, it's just for pictures. Yep. They Just think, a delivery system for porn. They think linearly, while the actual course of progress is exponential. We see the same progression with other biological technologies as well. Just recently, medicine, like energy, was not an information technology. This is now changing as scientists begin to understand how biology works as a set of information processes. The approximately 23,000 genes in our cells are basically software programs, and we are making exponential gains in modeling and stimulating, or simulating rather, the information processes that cracking the genome code has unlocked. We also have to, uh, new tools, likewise just a few years old, that will actually allow us to reprogram our body in this, or biology in the same way that we reprogram our computers. For example, when the fat insulin receptor gene was turned off in mice, they were able to eat ravenously yet remain slim and obtain the health benefits of being slim. Right. So they, it, you know, uh, modifying people's genes isn't done through at, at the time of birth. You can do it all along. 
They didn't get heart disease or diabetes, and they lived 20% longer. There are now more than a 1,000 drugs in the pipeline to turn off the genes that promote obesity, heart disease, cancer, and other diseases. Before I continue with what he has to say, notice he used the term pipeline, in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. More than a 1,000 drugs in the pipeline. What pipeline is he referring to? Uh, The FDA. That's right. And how long is that pipeline, anyway? Uh, 17 years. Something like that. 17, 19. It's also a billion, multi, you know, multi-billion dollar process to mm. uh, get these drugs out to the marketplace. So we could do it now. Many of these things could be happening now. Yeah. But yeah. the FDA is stopping them. The FDA is killing people. Right. That means that, you know, the, the people that die because of various different problems within the nine, you know, next 19 years or 15 years or 10 years or however, many, you know, however much time is left on each of these medications, too bad for them. We've got to make sure that no one possibly could be harmed by taking an experimental substance, even though we know that thousands upon thousands of uh, adult Americans and young people will be perishing while they wait to get their hands on these experimental technologies. So, Who's held responsible? No, nobody. Uh, so I think it's important to point out that, yes, technology is going to do amazing things for the medical field, but unlike computers, the medical field is incredibly highly regulated by yeah. the federal government. So it is going to uh, – we could have so much uh, better health so much sooner if the government would step out of the way. If the FDA were dissolved tomorrow, all of this technology could be – could manifest itself much faster into our lives than it is being allowed to because of the government. The government's FDA – is prohibiting revolutionary products and services in the medical world from hitting the marketplace sooner rather than later. And they're prohibiting each individual from making their own informed decision about what to do with their lives. It's disgusting, and it needs to stop, which is one of the reasons why secession, I think, is so imperative. It's so imperative that we get this federal government out of our lives as soon as possible so we can all live a 1,000 years or 2,000 years. Because if the FDA is out there, they're gonna, you know, somebody's going to come up with a technology and say, I can extend life to a 1,000 years. Well, the FDA is going to say, well, well, well we, now let's look at this. We don't know if we want human beings to be around for that long. That could be a bad idea. We're going to have to spend another five decades uh, just, you know, d- looking into this. We need a task force uh we're gonna need to really investigate this and then you know who's to say they'll even allow that technology and then it'll be underground it'll be like black market you'll oh it'll be a mess more on the way though about the future this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them, including archives. Grab up a whole bunch of shows, entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word of the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, anything that you uh, you would need sort of in the the average life, the, the, the normal course of, uh, of your living. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, continuing a quick visionary story from Ray Kurzweil. He's a computer scientist and inventor. Uh, he's the author of The Singularity is Near and Fantastic Voyage. Talking about the future and what exactly is coming. 
And boy, is it coming faster than you might expect it to come. Uh, talking about nanotechnology, some seriously impressive advances uh, in technology and how technology continues to double its capability about every single year. Um, so because of this, you're looking at you're just looking at an expansion that is it's incredible to even comprehend and it think is. about. I mean, if you thought it was if you've lived through the last few decades and you've seen the amazing changes that you've seen, get ready. Buckle your seatbelts, because it just keeps getting better. And as I pointed out, of course, the one thing that stands in the way of all this is the federal government and all of its rules and regulations, especially in the field of health care. As far as cell phones and computers, odds are good they're going to keep hands off of that, so we'll see some tremendous development there. But health care is going to be probably a couple decades behind where it actually could be uh, in reality. He points out that uh, we can turn enzymes on and off. We can add new genes to, uh, add genes to the body. He says, I'm an advisor to a company that removes lung cells, adds a new gene, reproduces the gene-enhanced cell a million-fold, and then injects it back into the body where it returns to the lungs. This has cured a fatal disease, pulmonary hypertension, in animals, and is now undergoing human trials. Of course, that's 17 years uh, right. before we get to see anything. If, if the FDA approves it. Now, they do have a fast-track program, but that's even more expensive. The important point is this. Now that we can model, simulate, and reprogram biology just like we can a computer, it will be subject to the law of accelerating returns, a doubling of capability in less than a year. These technologies will be more than a thousand times more capable in a decade, more than a million times more capable in two decades. Two decades. We are now adding three months every year to human life expectancy, but given the exponential growth of our ability to reprogram wow. biology, this will soon go into high gear. According to my models, 15 years from now, we'll be adding more than a year each year to our remaining life expectancy. This isn't a guarantee of living forever, because you could step out in front of a bus, for instance, but it does mean that the sands of time will start pouring in rather, uh, pouring in rather than only pouring out. What's more, this exponential progression of information technology will affect our prosperity as well. The World Bank has reported, for example, that poverty in Asia has been cut in half over the past decade due to information technologies, and that at current rates it will be cut by another 90% over the next decade. That phenomenon will spread around the globe. Uh, and again, this is as even in Asia, where governments are relatively oppressive, People are seeing increases in their lifespans and increases in uh, the, the amount of wealth that, that, that they have access to. But imagine how much more wealthy we could all be if we would just be able to keep the, the money that we earned and invest it and save it and give it away in the ways that we thought were best. And imagine how the uh, resources uh, would be so much better allocated if you, the one person that actually knows best how to run your life, could run 100% of it. You know, and it's it's scary to think that the market might, uh, th that we would leave allocation of resources to, well, no one and nothing. But we really leave it to everyone, and we leave it to the marketplace. You can look at it in areas like the grocery store. Grocery stores are just, they're incredible. You think about a market that people must have, uh, you know, even a, a marketplace where different vendors would come to sell their wares, but a, a market where people would have been able to go get food, I don't know, 50 years ago, now you look at a, a supermarket where you can get all kinds of food from all over the world and all kinds of different sized packages. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's a wonder when you look at Spanish olives just how many different sizes the bottles come in. The little <laughs> bottle, you can get the bigger bottle. Yep. There's like eight, eight sizes of just Spanish olives. Do you want your olives with or without pimentos? And they do, and they do it in just a, a short period, you know, a short little section of, of shelving there, just just one shelf, you know, a few feet of it. 
that's Spanish olives mm. right there. And then it, th- there's product. This is How about shampoo. I love the shampoo aisle at Walmart. It's just an entire aisle devoted to shampoo when and I, conditioner. I, I've got a, I've got a story. When I got out of prison, or I wasn't actually out of prison. I went to work release, um, where mm-hmm. they sort of reintegrate you, and it's a good damn thing. We went to, um, on the Walmart run. This was my first outing into the free world. I went to oh, Walmart. Wow. Um, I had to buy things. Uh, you know, they, I, I stopped getting free underpants and things. So I went to buy underpants, shampoo, the, th- the sort of things you need when you have absolutely nothing. And I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't get any other shopping done. I went first to buy the, um, the underpants, and then I went to the shampoo aisle. <laughs> I, never, I didn't get anything else. They came and got me out of the shampoo aisle. Aisle. I didn't know what to do. Wow. There were so many different types of shampoo. The, uh, there was, uh, there were, uh, you know, in prison, you have one type of shampoo. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't decide whether I wanted my shampoo to smell like food. You mm-hmm. know, they have all the fruit smells. I couldn't decide whether I wanted to get head and shoulders. Well, you could get dandruff. Who knows? I want mine cheap. Uh, that's, it makes it easier for me. The, 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 there's that, too. <laughs> that, that was uh, certainly price is an issue. I was completely yeah. stuck. And, you know, of course, normal people deal with this on a regular basis, but it, it, it's amazing what the marketplace does here in America. Yeah, it is. And all those companies, even though they're competing with one another, are still able to make a profit on all that, isn't it? It's, it's really just mind-blowing. So Kurzweil finally says, clearly, the ter- uh, transformation of our 21st century world is underway, and information technology in all its forms is helping the future look brighter exponentially. Beautiful. I love vision. I love visionary stuff like that because it's really so neat to think about all the things that we really can barely even comprehend. I mean, there's going to be so much technology and so many neat things coming out in in our lifetimes that we can't envision it right now because the technology has yet to be built that will be based off of in order to get to the next level. This is how wealth expands, by the way. Uh, You know, 200 years ago, no one could possibly even envision... uh, they could barely even envision flying, let alone the computer. I mean, if you'd told somebody about the computer in 1800... They wouldn't even understand right. um, its, its, its uses. And really, the most amazing technology we have, and we've got it really, really good. Now, it's not perfect yet, but it, and it's going to get better, but we've got communication. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, um, let's see, I, there, there was... Uh, uh, there was an Egyptian inventor who made the steam engine before the birth of Christ. Uh, I think his name is Hero. Um, mm. And, he, you know, it, it was essentially a novelty. Yeah. It, it wasn't useful for anything at that time. And there was the, um, in, in Greece, I think it was about the time of the birth of Christ, they had a working railroad. It didn't have an engine, mm. but they transported things from one of the seas to the another one of the seas in a very short little, you know, spit of land. Rather than making a canal, they made a little railroad. Okay. If they could have combined with communication those two technologies, um, the technology of the steam engine, which could spin a rod, uh, as all engines do, and the railroad, think what what the world would have looked like if we would have had railroads at the birth of Christ instead of 1850 or whatever it was. Yeah, very interesting. It's incredible. It's communication which changes all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And we, ever, you can communicate across the world. I got In a cell phone call from Australia this yep. w- last week. 1-800-259-9231. If you want to share uh, your thoughts on the vision of the future, how you feel about it, you can chime in or bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is 
Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, the features include the wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. You can edit virtually anything there. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. How much do you spend on coffee? JustPlainJoe.com offers over 60 different flavors, roasted to order from gourmet Arabica coffee beans in whole uh, whole bean or ground at just $7.99 a 12-ounce package. And it's roasted fresh to order. JustPlainJoe.com. Most orders delivered within three business days via UPS. Buy five packages and save on shipping. That's JustPlainJoe.com. You can tell the hallmark of a good company by who they choose to ship products with. And I think that... Uh, these guys use UPS. They're good in my book. They but, care about their coffee. Yeah, they 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 want to get it there quickly. Um, their main goal is uh, basically what makes great coffee great is freshness, um, and they have to get it to you as quickly as possible. They they roast it when you order it, mm. and then they get it to you as quickly as possible so that you can enjoy that fresh roast co- coffee taste. Um, they they it, you know they they obviously sell it. Price is one of their issues, um, and uh, they manage to get you know the best coffee for a very low rate. Because they don't have all that overhead of buildings and that kind of thing. Our number is uh, our number here is 800-259-9231. Uh, so we continue with your phone calls. We were talking about the future, but you can bring up whatever you want. Let's go to John in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Gentlemen. Hey, what's on your evening. mind? Hey there. Um, well, I was listening to your show on the uh, web browser, and I heard you guys talking about technology, and I just purchased a company uh, not even a year ago. Let me talk to you about advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, um, LED lights. Ooh, yeah. Yes. I foresee that probably in homes. Yeah, yeah. LEDs, we've we've talked about them on multiple occasions, and uh, I I believe that you're going to see LED light bulbs. Um, The technology, they're going to get brighter, they're going to get cheaper. Uh, Of course, they're going to get both of those, and people are going to use those instead of those, uh, really, the the fluorescents. The the fluorescents, they're poisonous for the environment to some extent, and I don't think that's going to fly real well. Yeah, the the, floor, the swirls are kind of like an intermediary between uh, the old incandescent style and the LEDs. Yeah, you like can the save LEDs, some money with them. The LEDs are out there, but they're just too darn uh, costly right now. So those the, the tech I, needs to. Re- I I predict for the swirls that you're going to find that um you, they're they're going to the the government is going to require all kinds of disposal at some point for. Oh for yeah, them. Well, I just yeah. throw it in the trash. So that's what you'll do. Yeah. Well, we've we're starting to use these things in um to light up. Some of these, uh, well, the company that I bought was basically an ordering systems company for like fast food, quick service restaurants, mm-hmm. and um, it's like drive-in style restaurants where you come in, you push a button, and you place an order. Mm-hmm. Well, we were finding that a lot of the AC voltage type lighting, like fluorescent tubes, was causing interference with a communication, which Mark, you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, and so we came up with the idea of installing DC lighting, which lowered the uh, voltage, and not only that, but cleaned up the audio so that people can hear yeah. inside when they're placing the orders. That's really and great. And not cause... only that, but we also found that it only used half of power consumption as opposed to AC lighting. So do, do you have to charge? How do these batteries get charged? There's no batteries. That's basically an AC power supply. It's converted. I'm, I'm sorry, oh, yeah. DC power supply that's converted uh, from AC. 
the okay. DC. It's 12 volts. Got it. We've got about, I want to say like 13 or 14 fixtures in one location. We tested it out about a couple of months ago, and it's working great. I mean, so is it, about is it watts. LEDs being run off of direct current? Is that the idea? Yes, correct. Oh, 12 wow. volts. That's fantastic. Very low voltage. Uh, safety, because you're not running high, you know, current through um, conduit and, you know, underground and all that. So um, that's and, part, you know, and, that's, that's the selling feature. And, and like I said, it's about half power consumption when you look at it. And you don't have to uh, try to just try to decipher what the people are saying through the fast food. <laughs> Excuse exactly, me? exactly. That's the, that, see, that was the solution we came up with as opposed to, um, you know, digging up the lot and running new cable. We said, well, you know, you could try DC lighting. Man, you saved him a and, bundle. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to pay for itself in the long run. Sure will. You look at it that way, too. Sounds like it's going to pay in the short run. Very cool. Any other thoughts for us tonight, John? Um, well, I just want to tell you guys, you won me over. Um, I became an amplifier. Excellent. And, oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm a podcaster, and I found you guys just doing a search for libertarians, and that's what I am, a libertarian. Excellent. We're glad you're on board, and congratulations on your uh, innovation there, sir. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the market at work. Libertarians work their butts off. You know, I mean, it's 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 like the uh, the great thing and the and the tough thing about libertarians because the peaceniks they can go out and protest any old thing. Yeah. Because they don't have jobs to speak <laughs> of, whereas libertarians they're always hard at work. Well, many of the peaceniks they have the jobs. They just don't. They care about the same them. level of care, and they don't. Um, a lot of them, you know, just don't have. They, you know, they're working at Starbucks. By the way, I like peace. I don't want to sound like we're attacking peace. I understand. I'm talking about the uh, hippies. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the ones, the, the no nukes kind of protesters. Yeah. You know, the 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 peace type uh, protesters actually want the violence of the state. They just don't realize it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go across the pond to the UK on the amp line. It's Ziggy. Mark, yes, sir? I'm an anti-nuke. Uh, I'm an anti-nuke uh, um, protester. What? what uh, nuclear power? Yeah. Really? You don't like nuclear power? No. Man, that's. I think I, th- I think that um, if there's a leak, uh, it, it will not just damage that um, near uh, area. It will damage. Well, you do understand that nuclear technology has come a long way since the days of Chernobyl and, and in the mar- Island. you know, in the marketplace. Well, I would point out that the reason Chernobyl happened was because basically the Soviets had this ideology that everything the workers built was perfect, and therefore there was no safety. Um, so the marketplace uh, would install measures. safety mechanisms, and any leakage would easily be contained by the mar- you know the market developments that would inevitably arise had the market been allowed to develop many of these things. And in some places of the world, they have been, but uh, here in the United States, there's been a moratorium on building new nuclear plants. So we could we could easily have safe operating nuclear facilities. And I think actually uh, Penn and Teller do an ep- did an episode in I think it was their most recent season of BS yeah. uh, about nuclear power, and I found it very illuminating. Well, would you would you would you live next to next to a, power, a, power, a nuclear power station? Uh, it depends on depend on how safe it is. I uh, from what I understand the uh, I'd the, research it. From what I understand, the Japanese have created or the Chinese one or the other have created a, uh, a Hitachi, I think, created some sort of little neighborhood nuclear power plant where you can just install it and it and it will generate enough power to power an entire neighborhood. A very very small uh, device. So it sounds sounds like that's kind of safe. I mean. I don't know. It would depend on the uh, testing. It would depend on the risk. It would depend on the cost. Anyways, um, I was going to ring you. I was going to uh, talk about the uh, consistent life ethos. What? 
uh, which goes goes well with with libertarianism. Um, it's it's it, I guess it derives from Catholic Catholic rhetoric. One more time, what was I the term? Not, what was the term? Con- consistent life ethos. Consistent life ethos. Yeah, it means that you don't believe in abortion, war, or the death penalty, and many don't uh, uh, support euthanasia either. Hmm. Um, I I I think euthanasia is a grey area. Um, Basically, um, as I said, it goes hand in hand with um, libertarianism. And the other night, we were, I, I said that there were libertarian arguments for vegetarianism, funny enough. Mm-hmm. And I do know libertarians who are vegetarian on, on this basis, mm-hmm. that they extend the initiation of force to animals. I think it's a strong position. Um, however, these people are also anti-gun. And they're the That's... only libertarians I know who are anti-gun. They don't reciprocate, you know, though. The, the problem with that viewpoint, I, I see where you're coming from where you say it's strong, Mark, but the animals won't reciprocate. There's no agreement there. It's just a one-sided agreement. The animals would kill your butt if they wanted to. Well, as far as, as, far as, as, far as I'm concerned, it, 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 it's a bit too far. And a lot of them are very utopian. You know, they, they, they think we're all going to, you know, you know live, live in some land which is all peaceful, and we're all going to settle, <laughs> settle our, our disputes peacefully. Yeah, let's try to no, get the human to... animals to stop killing one another first, and then we can move <laughs> on to, you know, maybe protecting some animals. Uh, yeah. Even right. though I, you know, I don't think I'll ever be able to stop. Chicken just tastes so good. Well, you know, free-range beef is still a, a step up. More on the way. Hang on, Ziggy, if you've got more. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, and if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You get on board with the program for three bucks a month, and that money comes in and gets reinvested into the show. And there are a variety of different ways that we do that. Uh, we call it advertise, market, and promote. The idea is to promote the show and get on more radio stations across the country. I think I mentioned uh, we had good news for Tupelo. I got the agreement in on that late last night. And uh, so our Tupelo listeners will uh, be getting weeknights starting sometime next week. Looking I'm very excited. Should be starting Monday. We'll, uh, we'll know more, and I'll announce it officially as, uh, as that uh, gets closer. But the, the more stations we get coming on board, the more people hearing the message of freedom and liberty, the better, right? So mm-hmm. get behind the program and get perks for yourself, like access to the AMP-only call-in line, chat room, forum, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board. In fact, I've, uh, I've had a bit of a surplus recently, Mark, as I've been uh, saving up to, to do a couple big things. Uh, but what I've done is I've increased our Google ads. I had to cut it back for a little while because we hired an affiliate relations guy, and it didn't work out. No, it didn't work out. We, but, but, you know, we, you've got to try things, yeah. too. And that's one of the cool things about the AMP program is where if it was your and my money that we had to pool together to, um, you know, we were paying this guy a grand a month plus uh, bonuses, um, and he had other work that he was doing. He never got a bonus, by the way. He never got a bonus, no. (laughs) Um, But if it was our money and, and, okay, let's get together. Do you want to put up 500? I'll put up 500. Not really. Right. (laughs) You know, it's going to be a while before we would make those choices, whereas with the ant money, since it doesn't doesn't belong to either of us, you manage it, but... uh, I, I never even I, I never even see it. I don't have much in the account. I don't know any of this stuff. I, I can go to the uh, amp.freetalklive.com and I can see that there are three thousand 
dollars a month coming in and mm-hmm. how many hundreds of people are are doing it but um you know because that money isn't really owned by either of us and it's designated to go for advertising marketing and promoting free talk live then we're much more likely to, you know to use it to advertise market and promote free talk live rather than our own money you know so yeah, so it's uh, so we're gonna have a bit more of an increased presence. We were doing uh, I think a buck a day maximum on Google AdWords when I'd cut it down, and I've increased that to eight dollars a day. So we maybe you are a big spender, like my friend. Two hundred fifty bucks a month on internet advertising. Oh boy. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you gotta start small, and then you know maybe we'll expand it from there because it it got good return last time we used it. And, uh, and consistently it's gets going good to and, and the most valuable listeners um, out there sorry radio listeners the most valuable <laughs> listeners are podcast listeners because they listen to the whole show start to finish it's um, true you know they, they, they certainly frequent the advertisers and you know love the podcast listeners love the radio listeners we love listeners all too, of but. our listeners 1-800-259-9231 alright uh, we will continue here with Ziggy in the United Kingdom on the amp line Ziggy, you're back. All right. Any other thoughts on this? Uh, what was it? The well, philosophy? I, I, I just, I just think that people. Um, I mean, I, 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 I do subscribe to the the, the the consistent lies ethos where it comes to humans, but I don't when it comes to animals. I think that basically, if you want to be a vegetarian, that is a you know a, a matter of individual conscience, not enforcing every, uh, everyone not to. Oh yeah, um, I, I, I think that most there, libertarians that are of this opinion. And there is proof Sorry, go there ahead. is proof to say that if you that basically if you, the animal population was allowed to run riot, it would actually be um, uh, it would actually put some species of animal in danger. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, they do kill one another, so that could happen. You know. So I mean, I'm a vegetarian, but I'm a vegetarian because I once had a bucket of chicken with somebody. They got salmonella. I didn't, and I decided not to eat meat from then. Wow. Then on. Yeah, I could see how that could be a, a life-altering experience. Uh, now, uh, now, have you met vegetarians that want to enforce their way of life? Yeah, yeah. Basically, they don't want any animal, uh, uh, any more, any more animal testing. Well, that's that's a no-no. I'm diabetic, and if it wasn't for animal, you know, experimentation, there wouldn't have been a cure for diabetes. Hmm. It's a great point. Um, they don't want any cosmetics tested on animals. They would prefer people didn't wear leather, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. We're, t- we're talking, you know, weird, you know, I expect this from hardcore progressives, not from uh, libertarians. But yeah, I wouldn't expect libertarians to be making points like that. You're saying you're hearing this from libertarians? Yes, I've heard it. Not not that many, but there are, are, are a few. Well, I question their principles. And, and one thing before I go, and I think this is yes, what sir. you should check out. Uh, of course, it's the, the anniversary of uh, Virginia Tech today. Check out the fact that the authorities knew about True before he went on his killing spree. About the, uh, the Virginia Tech killer? Knew, yeah, they actually knew he was psychologically unbalanced mm. and hadn't followed up, basically. Yeah, well, they, you know the bureaucrats. They drop the ball all yeah. the time. Thanks for the call, Ziggy. As always, we go to Justin in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, sorry hey, about that. Justin, what's on your mind? Can you hear me okay? Got you fine. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, before I start, a uh, long time, first time, you guys mm-hmm. got a great show that truly is free talk, and that's why. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go Unlike some it. other folks on GCN, I won't mention. Okay. Um, you had a guy that called in on Friday. I forgot his name was. Jeff or something like that. And <laughs> he was a conspiracy theorist guy. Yeah, it would be Jeff. DJ yeah, Blaze. Okay. In the uh, you. Back to, I, don't, I don't listen 
too much, but I've listened all on and off periodically, so I don't know who he is, but he's typical of most people of his ilk where you get him, you asked him a very clear question. You said, so what if it's true? How does it change your life, specifically your life and the life of people around you? And he just refused to answer until you really bent his arm and he finally got it out of him after four or five times. I forgot how many times you asked it, but it was a lot. It yeah. was enough to tick me off when I was listening. So, and he finally really didn't answer your question. He just went on and say, well, we got to throw him in jail and blah, blah, blah. And Alex Jones and all those other guys, they say, we're going to throw him in jail. We're going to get him. And then I got to say, who's going to get them? Right. You know? The system. They're going to use the system to get the bad guys that are the, running the system. The system. Right. Exactly, exactly. And I say to them all the time, and they can hand out DVDs and read and all this stuff and research, whatever they do. I do the same thing. You know, I think 9-11 was an inside job, but I don't rub it in people's faces. I don't treat it as a religion like a lot of these people do. Mm. I mean, as soon as you disagree with them, they go off on you. Yep. Like like a Christian would or a Muslim or whoever. You but, don't but believe far in their religion. More, they're far more uh, vociferous. They are, they're even more... Uh, they're they're more likely to jump on you than uh, than a religious zealot. They're they're more zealotous than even the most zealotous. This religion. is the this is the ones that are extreme. I would say that most of our listeners that do believe that nine um, eleven was an inside job, and you know, there's some evidence for that. That most of our listeners that believe that are not this way. It's just that well, the callers are that way. We're talking the, about the call, right? It's the yeah. call. It's, it's the callers, the one that would pick up the phone. But they are representative of a certain seg- segment of the population. So there are people out there that are you know that way. They're, unfortunately, they're the ones that go out in public places, and I'm all for you know <laughs> yeah. going out in public places and saying, you know, I don't agree with this. But when you yell from a bullhorn constantly for an hour straight that 9-11 was an inside job, who's really listening to you? You, you know, at, at the nobody. top of your lungs, I, I, I've never seen some video of some kid in some college just sitting on top of a, a little statue of a bull or something doing his bullhorn thing in the We Are Change groups and all that stuff. You know, what? what is it really going to change, and who's yeah. going to change it? What have they changed, anyway? Uh, nothing except from they're just getting, yeah, they're getting some word out, but they're not, in, from my perspective, you know, and I do a lot of reading, and I listen to a lot of shows and all that stuff and read the news. From my perspective, it's the same old crap. It seems to me that what they're doing, it seems to me that at this point, you know, they've talked so much ad infinitum about, uh, or infinitum, anyway, about the issue and the details and the alleged facts, and it seems like now all they can do is just drag out new celebrities, uh, you know, washed up celebrities that... Oh, don't tell me about it. Look, (laughs) Willie Nelson agrees with us. Oh, Jesse Ventura, he's trying to sell a book, and he agrees with us, and uh, Rosie O'Donnell, sure she wants to ban guns, but she's our friend now. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Get, get the entire House and Senate to agree with you, and then I'll be impressed. Yeah, well, that's you and I both know that's not going to happen. Oh, never, and, never, not not in a million years. And even if, even if they did bring up old Bush and Cheney and their boys on charges, and which is know, just crazy, which is ludicrous to believe will yeah. ever happen. But even Absolutely. if they did manage to pull that off, all that would happen is just some other criminal would sit in the place that they once occupied. I mean, it, nothing exactly. fundamental I mean, will change. They, the root of the problem is so. Deep that I wouldn't even. Yep. 
I'm not even sure I can give a healthy, non-violent suggestion <laughs> to fix it. Well, the most difficult part is, uh, the most frustrating part is the, uh, d- the defeatist attitude of these people. It, like, they think they can, do, they can do something, but they actually don't want to do anything beyond call radio shows or, you know, yell Spread from a word. bullhorn. Or yell from a bullhorn. You know, and they certainly DVD. don't want to join the Free State Project and actually be activists for liberty. Not that right. I want any of those people up here, necessarily. I... If that's what they're going to do is yell out of a bullhorn about 9-11, I don't want them here. Uh, That's that's If they want to get active for liberty, then that would be great. But no, no, because the conspiracy is so scary and so dangerous that they're going to bomb you and roll in tanks. So you just sit there and cower in your basement while we do the real activism and we set ourselves free. Thanks for the call, dude. It's been a good one. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Still got to talk about the D.C. Madam case. And more. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You bring up what you want, still to come, DC Madam Update. And Mark, you've got something about a California gun ban. Maybe a pretty serious gun ban. But first, we got a Fred in Kalispell listening on KGEZ. Hello, Fred. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, hey what's on your mind? Uh, bureaucracies. And uh, how do you create wealth? Um, you guys know how to create wealth besides, besides going to the printing presses or printing more? Well, you create wealth by providing a uh, product or service to the marketplace that's in demand. and uh, then you How can, do you get that? You, you refine that product. Natural resources? Service. Well, with natural resources combined with Amen. your brain power, combi- combined with your brain power, that creates uh-huh. that product or service. And then inevitably, as you continue to innovate and uh, do research and development, you can combine other uh, existing products and services, existing wealth, with your brain power to create new products and new services, thereby, you know, year after year, more products, services coming out that are original and innovative and building off of one another's ideas, which is, in my opinion, one of the reasons why ideas should be free. So people People are free to innovate uh, with other people's ideas. Uh, but you had that's that memorized, didn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, He's that's, anyway. that's the answer. Uh, so, the, so the wealth that's pie the right constant, constantly expands. People seem to think, and not, you're not one of them, but people seem to think that the wealth pie is finite, that it, it, we need a government out there to divvy it up equally among everybody, but they don't understand wealth. And they don't understand that, you know, uh, hundreds of years ago, we still had the same natural resources, but we didn't have cars, and we didn't have airplanes, and we didn't have internets, and we didn't have uh, all these various different technologies. We had our we have constitution today. that gave us the freedom to do all this stuff. Yeah. And there's where the main thing comes from. And you take things out of the ground, like mining. We do virtually on rare on rare on rare metals. We virtually do not mine any rare men, uh, minerals in this state in this country anymore. I'm talking about platinum, uh, mm. a whole realm of different you know, minerals. They all. A lot of it's coming from China, Africa, but none of it is mined in this country anymore. Interesting. Why is that? <coughs> Why? <coughs> Probably because of the. The same reason we take very little oil out of the ground, for the same reason we're not logging our forest. Environmentalist. You can't touch the earth. It's sacred. We can't take anything out of the earth. You need to leave it, leave it alone. It has to You're be. You're liable to hurt the ground. <laughs> but anyway, there Stop are five walking bureaucracies. On it. 
I have counted five bureaucracies that are the biggest employers in the United States, and they create no wealth whatsoever. Okay. That's government. And when I say government, I'm also talking about education because school teachers and all that in our government schools are government employees. They Healthcare, sure insurance, financial, meaning the banks and that kind of stuff, and the stock market, retail sales, and media. Well, for, well, hold on a second. You can't call those bureaucracies. Why not? Well, let me pull up the definition of bureaucracy. But it, uh, what, what, and you say retailers don't create wealth? What do you mean no, by that? If they, if they sold products that were made in this country, then maybe I would say, no, I wouldn't call them a bureaucracy. But everything they're selling is made in a foreign country. Yeah, first Very of all, no, st- let me just stop country. you. Let me stop you, Fred. Uh, bureaucracy, as I uh, expected, is the body of officials and administrators, especially of a government or government department, government by many bureaus, administrators, and petty officials. Uh, certainly some uh, corporations can act in a bureaucratic manner in that they're very slow and inefficient. Uh, you know, the bigger the company, the more bureaucratic it tends to be. But to actually label it as a bureaucracy would be uh, incorrect. And I call anybody who works and doesn't produce nothing a bureaucrat. Well, the retailers, I, I, I take this personally, Fred. I take, I take this personally. I spent three and a half years of my young adult life in retail, and I can say for sure that retailers provide, uh, you know, they, they create wealth by providing a means for you to get the products that you need in an easy-to-access uh, to manner. If and the money stayed in way. the circle, then I would agree with you. But the money doesn't stay in the circle. The money goes overseas. Are you one of these closed economy guys, Fred? Do you believe that we should shut down the borders so that nobody can trade with other countries? Go back to the tariffs and treaties of the United States. Go back to the late 1800s and go back to the tariffs and treaties before before GATT was passed back in the late 30s. Uh, GATT was the General Agreement on Tariffs and Treaties. Before that, your tr- no company, no foreign company could ship its products into this country to compete with American manufacturers. Well, that deal sucks. Yeah, no, I- it didn't. Wait a second now. Oh, no That's protectionism, Fred. No American company could ship its products overseas until the American public got the best price it could it could get. Awful. We created well, the American public doesn't get a price, uh, Fred. But now, now hold on. Before you go, we uh, go created. On here. The, well, let me finish. We created the biggest economic boom in the history of the world. No country has even come close to the United States. And we started worrying about the rest of the world and said, "The hell with American with the Americans." when everything went to hell. Well, no, I, I, I resent that, too, because if I want to buy something from someone directly in China, um, it's, it's, you're not saying, that, um, you know, worrying about the rest of the world. You're worrying about me, an American who wants to buy something from someone in China without having all kinds of crazy tariffs and having to fill out government paperwork and all that other stuff. But How many Japanese b- can you afford to on, buy a, Fred, a Japanese now, car? If I, if I make a widget um, over in, in I, I order a widget from China and a whole boatload of widgets, and I want to uh, put, put them out in Walmart. Um, now, there's dr- the trucks have to move them from the, my, the port. They have to be handled by uh, you know the longshoremen in the port. Those are Americans. They have to be put are on. Uh, uh, you know, are they? Are they? They're moving Americans? those ports down to Mexico. What's that? They're moving those ports down to Mexico. Long Beach Island is going to be done away with. They're moving those ports to Mexico. Hey, well, you know, um, if Americans have become uncompetitive in the world, if they can't stand up to, uh, you know, some people that can't speak English, uh, you know, down, <laughs> in a, down in a country uh, south of us, then I think that those Americans deserve to le- lose their jobs. Study I mean, term. have we really gotten that fat and lazy and, um, yes. you know, th- uh, and, and full of ourselves that we can't compete, Fred? Yes. Well, uh, then, then we How deserve sad, to go out of business. Technology. Wait a second now. Technology makes 
you know, the average man had to go out and work at one time. Now take you take they built that big airfield in China. It took a million so they landed B twenty nines in China during the Second World War. Okay. It took one million Chinese to build that air to build that airport. Now one D ten bulldozer would replace how many men? A lot, probably close to a hundred thousand or more. Mm-hmm. One D ten bulldozer, one. Yeah, technology. You know, as technology, you know, the lives of Americans became easier and easier. Now we're at a point where we don't produce nothing. We shut down all our factories. We shut down all our stuff because the environmentalists, because a whole lot of other reasons I could name, but I'm not going to do it on the radio. It would take – I could talk on the subject for two or three days. You know? So why don't you do this, uh, Fred? Study tariffs and treaties. You know, Fred, we agree on a lot of things. This is definitely not one of them. Why don't you and the rest of your kind of little incestuous uh, business people that only want to do business with other Americans, why don't you all move together uh, to the same hey, state? You're starting to be nasty. Put all up a saying, big wall. No, 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 I'm just asking a question. I want to ask you this question, Fred. Study, why don't you put treaties. up a big wall to keep everybody out that you don't want, and then you can Before just trade with one another for all back, time? Hmm? Yeah, I... Before the income tax, how was this country funded? Tariffs and, uh, and just like you said. Thank you. It's true. That doesn't legitimize theft, and, Fred. But Ron Paul said just currently that we could eliminate the uh, the IRS and return to a, uh, an economy. You know, the government will get as much money as it did in 1997. I'm going to take 50 of the workforce so it works for the government. I don't want to pay for any of those people. Just because that was done in the past doesn't mean it should be conti- should continue to be done in a free, uh, f- supposedly free country. Free people should be free to trade and do business with whoever the they want, wherever they are. When was the last time we were? You ever hear of fascism? Yes. Fascism is when you're allowed to own your company and government controls and regulates everything you do. And you're advocating fascism, Fred. No, I am not. You, you by saying. Come on, Dave. Fred. You guys are young. You don't Fred. remember nothing. Didn't you just? You I'm sorry, Mark. Was I was I talking to a different Fred a moment ago? Fred, a few yes. moments ago, okay. you said you said <laughs> that you think we should only be able to do business in America, and that I'm means that what the made government. America great is no company could ship its products overseas to the American public. Got the best. Now we're that's the first fascism, country. my friend. That's now, the government the, regulating the first business. On the face of the earth. They paid his employees enough money to buy the products that we produced. So, if you live in Japan, you cannot afford to buy a Toyota. Believe me, right now, if you live in Japan, you cannot afford to buy a Toyota. Maybe true. I don't know. Um, well, the I'm Japanese sorry, don't have roads to drive on for the most part. It's right. so compact. Right, because it, it, it costs so much to uh, you know put a car up in uh, in Tokyo. Too. Take take a chill pill, Fred, and take a look at your position. You no, just, you you're talking to, out against you fascism, but at the same time, you're saying we should have fascism with the government controls the, I didn't uh, the businesses. say that. I said we have fascism. We don't have free enterprise in this country. Well, that's letting what the we government, need. Letting is, the government control trade is fascism we to some extent. Right. More and on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site are free. So enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to updates. Ooh, updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer uh, working to help you lose weight? 
If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster forever? Then check out notfatanymore.com. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go unscreen to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Unscreen call. Going once. Gone. Going twice. Gone. Try the other amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Unscreened. Going once. Got going twice. Phones, That's there? unusual. Yeah, maybe I do have something wrong with phones. Hello? I heard a noise. Yeah. Who is this? This is the Christian anarchist. Gene, what do you want to talk about? Pollution. What's on your mind? Go ahead. Oh, I'm on the air? You're, yeah. You're, you're on the air. Okay, good. Um, hey, um, earlier you were talking about... Um, uh, pollution, and I had uh, decided that I would call up and enlighten you a little bit because I've I've changed my mind about pollution over the years. I used to be uh, you know real concerned with pollution, but then when I was little, we used to play with mercury. We'd roll it around the floor <laughs> and uh, chase it. You know, it was fun. It is fun stuff. So Neat. It is. Yeah, it is pretty fun, and we didn't die. So hmm. you know, we were touching it with our fingers and pushing it around. We didn't die. So. Did you wash um, your hands after you were done? I doubt it. I yeah. can't remember ever washing my hands after playing with the mercury. But doesn't seem uh, likely. Yeah, it's unlikely. A kid's going to go wash his hands after right. playing with the mercury. So, <laughs> and uh, my wife worked on the Exxon Valdez spill in Alaska when we lived up in Alaska. She was doing a thesis on the bioremediation of oil. Um, that's where you have little, you, you try and culture organisms to eat the oil up, you know, yeah. little, little bugs to eat the oil. And the whole Exxon Valdez thing, pretty much nature cleaned it up by itself within really? six to ten years. Yeah, It, it was a it, big spill, but yeah, nature did manage to it, clean it up. It was a huge spill, but nature took care of itself, as nature tends to do. Interesting. Now, I'm not trying to make an excuse to go out and pollute things, but what I'm saying is that it's completely overblown. Uh, coal. Right. People act like uh, if, if you have uh, you know some kind of uh, factory that uh, spills mercury in the ground that that land is useless for ten thousand years, and it's just not. Well, it's useless for a while, and mercury is probably one of the worst. But it's not the end of the world. It does eventually. Nature tends to clean itself up. Now, I do disagree about nuclear power simply because it does not clean itself up very soon. But even if we took all the nuclear p- uh, fuel that we could create and vaporized it and spread it around the planet, uh, it's not going to cause as big a tragedy as we would, we would think. But it, it, it is the worst of all pollutions, and the fact that it doesn't go away for such a long time is the one reason that I am an anti-nuke. But, uh, you know, I don't believe in using the government to make people not be nuke. It's just I don't want to be anywhere near that crap. Right. I'm not, I'm but, not, I'm not certain whether nu- um, nuclear power is the, 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 the solution that's going to save us all. In fact, I think, I think it probably won't be um, just because the sentiment against it is so large. Yeah. But I wouldn't well, use I the think, government to... Uh, I think it's the dirtiest form of energy there is. You know, people say, oh, it's clean, it's clean. It's not clean at all. It's filthy because you've got... Uh, uh, waste products that last for hundreds of thousands of years, and it's a big issue. nobody lives long enough to watch over that stuff for hundreds of thousands of years. So really, you have it's a total unknown. Now, if they were able to figure out a way to get rid of it, that's fine. But currently, we don't have that. Other than but shooting into the sun, when I fly over no. the planet, 
Here's the thing. When I fly over the planet, I look down, and I fly to China quite a bit. And, I, you know, China is one of the worst polluters in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, the air over there is pretty filthy. But a good rain comes through, and the air gets all nice and clean, and it's, you know, you can see again. But if I'm looking down at uh, these polluting smokestacks in China from 36,000 feet, they're little tiny pin, pin, they're not even the size of a pinhead. And then you look out the window of that plane and you look at the atmosphere and you look at the horizon and you look at the volume of air in this planet. And the fact of the matter is it would take a billion of those smokestacks to even make a dent in the atmosphere. Now, it will affect the atmosphere locally, you know, right around the smokestack. I'm sure, like, like Los Angeles used to, you know, the smog problems sure. were worse than it is now. And, you know, on a clear day, you could actually, in Los Angeles, you could see Los Angeles. But, but to think that we're going to make an impact on this gigantic ball that we're on, these, these little tiny ants that call themselves humans, are going to make any kind of an impact on the environment of this planet is just being too... We're puffing ourselves up. Yeah, it's a lot of hubris. More credit than we actually uh, have. Yep, I am. I'm with you on that one, Gene. No doubt about it. I think these. And really, what it amounts to is just an excuse to control people. I mean, it amounts to an excuse to control business and control individuals and uh, and and control uh, and restrict uh, advancement and right. restrict technology. And, and one thing that uh, I, I was having a conversation with an environmentalist uh, doctor, as a matter of fact, who claimed to be a libertarian on everything except. The environment. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, we were talking about uh, the, the value of burning wood for heat. Um, and he's like, oh, but all that smoke that's released. And I'm like, you don't think they had forest fires on a, on a global scale before, um, you know, forestry came around? He's like, oh, yeah. yeah and volcanoes it's, it's like wood never burned before there. people came around. Yeah, but the volcanoes are the biggest polluters out there. I don't see them putting... Uh, uh, mufflers on the volcano. <laughs> no. no, they don't. Yeah, do it's a great point, Gene. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Speaking of the uh, the environmentalist, Mark, I discovered this uh, just last twenty four hours from now. I discovered that uh, this weekend we've been talking on the air about how we're going to have Freedom Fest out here in Keene, mm-hmm. where a bunch of uh, freedom oriented organizations here in New Hampshire are going to get together and do a little outreach, talk to people. Turns out that uh, Earth Day is also being celebrated on that same day. It's like a pagan ritual here in Keene. In that same place, they're going to have like five tents out there, and Mm -hmm. I talked to the organizer this morning, and she's okay with us being there. I mean, we probably would have been there anyway, but uh, she's okay with it, so we're going to go. Are you okay with it? Because, like, the mayor's going to be there, and all kinds of bureaucrats are going to be there. Fantastic. I I mean, are you kidding me, Mark? Why wouldn't we want to be there? There's going to be all kinds of people who will come over and see our booth. They'll think we're part of Earth Day. I don't know. And they'll, uh, they'll come over and learn about freedom. I think it'll be fun. So things will be interesting. We'll tell you what happens, of course, uh, afterwards. And, oh, in case you don't know, one of the focuses of the event or one of the things that will be happening is gambling. People will be gambling in public, which last time I checked was not legal. So we'll see if they decide to do anything about it. Uh, should be interesting. 800-259-9231. We go to Greg in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Greg? Hi. Um, I'm so glad Gene called in because I get to correct the Christian anarchist. Okay, go for power. One of my pet peeves is when people bash nuclear power. I have to um, explain this. First of all, he said um, that uh, the waste from nuclear plants lasts hundreds of thousands of years. It doesn't doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the only dangerous waste that um, nuclear power plants produce is the stuff with the short half-life. The stuff with the long half-life um, is is not dangerous at all. Um, think of, uh, would you rather sit on a box of firecrackers that where half of them went off in the next 10 minutes or half of them went off in the next 10,000 years. 
He'd I'd rather sit on the, uh, the the first, the second box. Interesting. Yeah. I, I know you have more, so hang on. We're going to bring you back yeah. more about nuclear power. Also, Blake is on the line. He's got a response for Gene as well. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's what we call the show, Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version and dial-up version of the show, both free for you. Enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. Happening June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest, you'll be able to learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference and meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We go back to Greg in Canada correcting uh, Gene on his claims about nuclear power. The first thing you said, and this is news to me. I didn't know about this. Uh, you're saying that there are two different types of products or byproducts from uh, creating nuclear power. One of them it uh, it lasts for a very long time. It's a very long half-life, but that's not dangerous. It, the dangerous stuff has a shorter half-life, right? Well, yeah, well, that's not exactly what I said. I, the, I don't, to my knowledge, uh, nuclear power plants don't actually produce waste with a long half-life. They only produce stuff with a short half-life, but stuff with a short half-life emits its, its radioactivity very quickly, mm-hmm. and so it's, um, you know, it becomes inert uh, relatively quickly. Now, the stuff with the long half-life, that occurs naturally, and um, it's what we would call background radiation. It produces background radiation. Okay. And there's a, uh, I just want to get into this, there's a concept called hormesis, which is the idea that um, radiation in small doses can actually be beneficial. And, of course, the I've government has taken the line, the government has taken the line that um, any dose of radiation is an overdose. And I, I think they're wrong. Um, hmm. And if you allow me, I just want to um, read a couple of, Quick examples about how, uh, in cases where there's been really high background radiation, that that's been connected with low incidence of cancer. Interesting. Um, I'll just read this one. A uh, couple examples here. Um, a recent study involving 1,700 Taiwan apartments constructed with steel girders that were accidentally contaminated with cobalt-60, one of the more dreaded radioactive substances. Over a period of 16 years, some 10,000 occupants were exposed to levels of radiation that should have induced cancers many times in excess of background expectations. Taiwan Health Statistics predicted 170 cancers among an age-matched population of this size, but only five were observed. Hmm. Um, there's another example here. A town in northern Iran called Ramzar, uh, the houses used rocks, were constructed of rocks containing abundant radium. Uh, the 2,000 Ramzar inhabitants received an annual absorbed dose of beta and gamma radiation about 15 times higher than that permitted for workers at many nuclear power stations. Over several generations, inhabitants also ingested considerable radium in food and they inhaled lots wow. of radon. And Yeah, probably in water, too. Yeah. 
Experimenters tested blood cells in vitro, comparing residents with matched controls from normal background areas. Hmm. When these blood samples were subjected to a challenge dose of gamma rays, it was found that those from Ramsar had only half the number of chromosomal aberrations that had been induced in the normal controls. So they were actually healthier, is what you're saying? Yeah, they were healthier, and they were able to withstand uh, radiation, or I guess build up an immunity to it, I guess. Huh. Well, you know, and, uh, it's, it's two studies. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, how, I don't know how many studies they did to determine radiation was dangerous. Maybe there wasn't that much research done there. Maybe they just found some neg- negative uh, results and just parroted them from the, or, or touted them from the rooftops, and well, maybe they, it deserves a second look. Well, I mean, you look at, you know, like a, a nuclear bomb, of course, when you're at the blast or when you're, you know, outside the radius where you would actually get killed by the explosion, you, you do receive fatal doses of radiation. I guess they just assume that, well, any dose must be, must be bad. Hmm. But um, there's well, also yeah, one... same thing with, uh, with sunlight, right? I mean, if you go out sure. and you bask in sunlight for a long time, you're going to get hurt. But at the same time, if you take little doses of sunlight, it's very, very good for you. So, uh, you know, also, all things in moderation and all that, I guess that's a cliche we can apply to this situation. Yeah. And speaking to the actual uh, the, uh, emissions from nuclear plants versus coal plants, if you compare a 1,000-watt uh, coal-fired plant with a nuclear plant with the same capacity, the coal plant uh, produces 7 million tons of carbon dioxide, nuclear, none. The sulfur dioxide, 12,000 tons from coal, nuclear, none. Nitrogen oxides, coal, 20,000 tons, nuclear none, hmm. solid waste, coal 750,000 tons, and nuclear 50 tons. And Seems like a no-brainer to me. And the 50 tons of nuclear waste has a short half-life, which means it eventually will dissipate and become inert, whereas the 750,000 tons of solid waste from coal doesn't have a half-life. It actually just stays in the environment forever. Great point, sir. Anything else you needed to share tonight? Uh, no, that's it. I got off my... Greg, I appreciate the information. Uh, good counter-information to the programming that is uh, indoctrinated in us at uh, very early ages. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. The more I learn about nuclear power, the more I like what I hear. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard all kinds of good things about it. Obviously, I've heard some bad ones, too. I don't know. Um, I, I know that the marketplace can figure it out, and I think that it will... Uh, it would be the 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 area that uh, would would best be uh, you know to decide this. I also have heard some really good stuff on solar power, and I hear that it's getting better and better every year. Yes, that is true. And uh, we may very well you know solar power may eclipse nuclear power if if we just let the the world figure out you know the marketplace just figure out what's going to go on, and I, and we're not going to do that. We go to Blake in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Blake. Blake, going once. Blake. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind? I like to respond to Gene's uh, sentiments there. Yes, sir. Go okay. ahead. Uh, well, I mean, I only concern for the environment is you know, out of hubris that the you know humanity will destroy the earth. I mean, even if we were to you know engage in a nuclear holocaust, uh, you know, bacteria would still survive. The earth would keep spinning. It's uh, right. We use you know, we, it, we use bad terminology. We're never going to destroy Mother Earth. We may, however, right. make it uninhabitable for the hairless monkeys that, uh, you know, there are six billion of them that, that think that they're the highest life form on that planet. Right. You know, I think that's what the concern is. I mean, we don't want to accidentally poison our food and water supply or, you know, air. And that's, that's the concern that will make it uninhabitable for humans, not mm-hmm. we're going to destroy, you know, Mother Gaia or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I think his lack of concern is itself concerning. Gene's lack uh, of concern? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, the kind of apathy will just 
lead to inaction on the part of us to fix the problem. Well, I don't think he was saying that you should just go around and pollute on purpose, but at but, the same time, he was pointing out that... I think that, that the Greenies um, make a make a real, uh, you know, real, real misstep here in overstating the problem, um, and then it causes people to, you know, rear back and say, you know, that that's just not so. Right, you know, I, I, I don't like to engage in hyperbole either, but I think there's some legitimate concerns that we can solve, you know, in a free market system or whatever. Sure. And, you know, people generally don't want to hurt the earth, and we don't need the government to dictate to us how and we fix the problems. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, certainly the marketplace can come up with any solutions to uh, the problems that, that might be apparent at that time. Uh, but but it really does seem, though, that some of these environmentalists really want to take us back to the Stone Age. I mean, it seems like, you know, the ones especially that hate the uh, the combustion engine and, and various different things, it's like, you know, they, they don't really have any solution beyond control. They're not really originating. Many of them aren't originating ideas. They're just trying to shut down uh, many of the ideas that the marketplace is coming up with. And I, I think that's unfortunate. It's uh, easy to be against things, but it's uh, much harder to come up with alternative and better solutions. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with you there. In, in fact, that's kind of similar to we, – we were talking recently about the minimum wage, for instance, with uh, with a self-styled progressive on the air. And uh, it's the same thing there. It's easy for the, these people to complain about a bad situation or a bad work environment or uh, whatever – but it's a lot harder for them to actually go out and compete because that would be the sensible thing to do. Instead of begging government to make a change and force it on everyone, it would be easier to just go out and start your own business and compete and offer those perks and offer those services and offer the you know the comfort level that you think people are looking for. But they don't want to do that because that would be too much work. But, Thank Ian, that's hard work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Blake. Appreciate it. No 800-259-9231. And that's the problem with those people. They don't want to work. They like the idea of not working. That's why socialism is so attractive to them. Because they want the productive to go out and work real hard so they can sit around and eat bonbons all day. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The problem is, what happens when the productive decide they don't want to work either? (laughs) That is a bit of an issue. Mm, Yeah. More on the way. You can take control even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Place your order for all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise, from T-shirts to hats to hoodies and more. Store.freetalklive.com. Continue with your phone calls. Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? How you doing? Uh, I'm going to reach in the Back in the past, in the first hour, I couldn't get to a phone. You were talking about the future? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was like 17 during the first uh, fake gas crisis, you know? Yeah. And I remember reading all the magazines and everything. And uh, By 1992, we were supposed to be off oil. By 1992, we were supposed to have all this great stuff and everything. I... I think uh, they got Galileo locked up, man. We're in an induced modern-day dark ages. They got technology beyond what we could even contemplate. 
and and they ain't letting us have it. We're they're keeping us, and who, they're who letting us they? have the cell phone or these companies that that like Dupont, Dow. Uh, but there there are lots these, of people out there that can invent things besides the scientists at Dupont. Well, and Dow. then then they disappear off the whole face of the map. Uh, uh, here in Montana, <laughs> there was about three guys that had these com- uh, carburetors that. All of a sudden, the place burns down or something. All of a sudden, it's empty building. Did you meet them? No, not personally, no. Yeah. I, but, yeah uh, I've heard a lot of these stories. No, I... but I'm, I'm telling you, man, it, it, there, there, there's something up. There's got to be something up because it's from what they were telling us in the early 70s until what we got now, it's all BS, I'm telling well, you. Why would they? BS. why would they let the Internet out of the bag? Why would they let that one out? The internet. Well, I mean, it's well, a, te- it's a they technology. They can make a lot of money off of it. Oh, that you can't make money the off second, the other things. Once the second phase gets in, in you guys are going to be really mad. But uh, they're working on a whole new second phase of this internet that's going to just, uh, you know, blow the whole freedom gig right out of the yeah, water. Yeah, I've heard those rumors too, and I don't know how much credence but, uh, I give them. No, because uh, from what I understand of the Internet and the people that are behind it, uh, the tech community is fairly liberty-minded. They like the freedom that they have, and they aren't just going to let that go. The technology is going into the military. The technology is going into controlling us. The well, technology certainly, technology is, is a double-edged sword when you have evil people like the government around that will use, utilize it for, uh, for bad purposes. Well, the government's like the mafia. You were talking about succession. You know what the mafia does when you, when you want to leave the group? They put a bullet in your head, and, and that's what, what they did during the Civil War. I understand. It, it's certainly a scary and, idea. And that's what's going to happen now. Oh, they, ain't gonna, they do what they want to do when they want to do it. Oh, I understand and, that. Unless we start showing up in mass. But everybody's paid off, man. They got this economic system of the loan. Everybody got their loan. Everybody, as they're all afraid that they can't. The banks can't borrow enough money to loan to us. And, and the whole economic system is should crash because that when well, the bad thing ends, it's good. I, and right I, I, now, I would say that we, you know, we have a uh, economy based on debt, and that's a bad thing. And we have the, we are the largest debtor nation, and, and that's right. A and that makes thing. us all slaves, all indentured servants. But nobody, as long as they got their nice new car, their nice new house. You're right. Most of the people right, are sheep, they're, and they're they're well, going to go along to get along, and they're not going to stand up. It's not up. just the debt. They're indentured, even, they're indentured they're even, to their luxuries uh, more than more than their debt. They don't condone killing innocent poor people that live on top. Of the, the oil that that creates yep. this fake superficial wow. life we got yep. by 2008, we still have billions of starving people. We have still we can't figure out how to build houses cheap enough to, so a common working man doesn't have to well, work houses, a lifetime. Well, that's not true. We can build houses cheap. It's just the government increases the cost of everything. We have the technology to to farm our forest that there there could be beautiful trees growing everywhere and we could be taking enough as much wood as we want that it, it it's it's just absurd and what it is is greed man and until we get the greed it's power factor is out. what it is and it's... i tasted a little i heard a little bit of greed coming from you guys the other night what do you mean i couldn't believe when you said that you know, be, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for freedom for the world. The, the, the Declaration of Independence was made for everybody on this 
dang planet, mm-hmm. man, because but we're we all say? created, right? And then you said that I'm, I'm with you with the open borders, man, but then the guy calls in with the SPP, the S, and then you're all against it and everything, but that thing calls for open borders. Then you were saying that the Mexican, you could That's come in true, and Dave. you were going to get a Mexican for. to work for you to clean up your house less. You, and, and it was sounded like you... And, and even maybe Wait, what's wrong with getting a better deal? Wait a minute, I wanted to reach through the radio. There's nothing That's wrong what... with getting a better deal on a product or a what? service. In there's nothing greedy about more? that. No, you know, it's, not, it's called gonna, shopping you know, around, Dan. somebody to clean your house for $3 an hour and, and think that, that was good? That's hiring somebody to do something. And if they consider yeah. that a you, good deal... You don't, in a, in a world where it costs three dollars of to buy a gallon of, of gas, you're nuts, man. I, I don't think anyone. Wait, no, I don't think anyone was suggesting that you could hire someone for that price. No, Dave. but the way you said it, you said, and, and you thought that was even better if you oh, could get somebody to work think, for you less you than, than minimum wage, man. That's what technologies are supposed to stop. And it ain't doing it. It's putting us more in debt. It's getting us more dependent upon this this thing you are afraid of of the government or whatever. And 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 it's and you, sometimes you you uh, proscolate it, man. Proscolate. Proscolate. I don't even know what that one is. You're above my head now, Dave. Thanks for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What's wrong with getting a better deal on house cleaning? Right. If there's if there's somebody out there, um, if if we did open the borders, there would certainly be people that uh, are not used to getting uh, ten dollars an hour come across the border. A lot of them. Um, they're coming now, by the way, but there would be more of them. And uh, you know, in in the world where they're competing for you know who can provide you a service, I don't see anything wrong with hiring a uh, you know somebody to clean your house for five dollars an hour or three dollars an hour or something if like that. That's if that's the level they want to come in at, if you don't mind having to learn Spanish to communicate with them, mm-hmm. because they aren't going to come speaking English. If they can speak English, they cost more. Um, also, I would be concerned about, uh, you know, what do I, who, who do I trust for $3 an hour? Do I trust this person not to, I mean, you, you know... Uh, Take a little bonus. Right. <laughs> morals, uh, morals cost money. A person hungry enough, they're going to steal bread. And... You know, I I don't think that I would hire necessarily somebody for three dollars an hour, but there's other people out there that would want to do that, and that's fine. It's 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 great as long as you know uh, everybody's freely engaging in these things, and and they're not illegal aliens where I could call the INS and report them if they decided they didn't want to show up for work or um, wanted to quit or whatever. Well, Dave's call tonight was all over the map, and. Sometimes we, he says some things that are certainly very agreeable, but in this case, the idea that there are these companies out there, a select few companies have all this technology that they're just holding back on us, I just find it hard to believe. The fact is, these are not companies that are in a club together that are, you know, they have an agreement like a cartel to withhold all this this information technology. They want to get this out into the marketplace as quick as possible so they can profit. So they can greedily, I know Dave doesn't like greed, but so they can greedily make as much profit as they can on their ideas as quick as possible, on right. their technology. Greed's not bad um, unless it comes into the area of fraud or force. And those are the two things that libertarians are against. They're against fraud and force. Right. Because and you can be as greedy as you want to be. If, pe- if you're not providing a good product or service in the marketplace, then no one's going to come buy your product or service, and you're not going to make any money. So in the free marketplace, there's no problem if someone is greed because they're checked. Their greed is constantly being checked by their competitors and by their employees and by their customers. 
constantly being checked. The only time greed can go unchecked is when power is combined with it, and that's when things get really dangerous. That's why the people in Washington, D.C. are so awful, because they're greedy and they have the guns of government to back them up. Whereas businessmen, all they can do to, to satiate their greed is cut their prices to the point where you'll come through their door. If they've got competition, if they don't have competition, they've got a monopoly enforced by the government, then they can be as greedy as they want to. If you can't go anywhere else, then greed is a problem. But the only, the only times you don't have options are when you're forced to use a service or product provided by the government or one of their buddies in business. So once again, the issue of greed comes back to the government and the power that surrounds it. That's the problem. That's where, the, that's where all the problems are coming from. I have to agree. All right. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. We will return. Uh, you can join us tomorrow night. In the meantime, I mean, if we could, we'd charge $100 for our uh, commercials, but we wouldn't sell any. Nope. Nobody would buy them at that. More on the way tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month's supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.